Welcome to ACNL in Action, brought to you by the Association of California Nurse Leaders. I'm your host, Charlene Platon, and this is the podcast for anyone who wants to learn more about nursing, leadership, and everything in between. Today, we are so excited to be joined by Giancarlo Lyle Adrasolo, Chief Nursing Officer at Providence St. John's Health Center in Santa Monica, California. Giancarlo has had an incredible journey so far in healthcare. He's been working in the healthcare industry for more than 20 years, first starting as a pharmacy technician, then pursuing nursing and progressing in nursing leadership positions, from being a supervisor to a manager, director, and now chief nursing officer. He has held board positions for the American Organization for Nursing Leadership and the Association of California Nurse Leaders. Giancarlo currently serves as Chief Nursing Officer at Providence St. John's, where he's responsible for over 1,000 employees with an operating budget of $160 million. Welcome, Giancarlo. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Charlene, for having me. Uh, This is just an honor and a pleasure to be able to participate in the podcast. Yes, it's so great to have you. And I've been a huge fan of yours for some time now. And (laughs) I've been following your journey on LinkedIn, which is my favorite platform for social media. And I've been seeing your journey as it's been growing, especially in leadership. So I'm just so excited to talk with you about that today. Thank you. I'm happy to share whatever I can um, so that others can learn from my mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I mean, there's so much to learn. And I'm just so excited to get started here. And, and, you know, just on that note, you know, you've been on the nursing path since, since you were in high school, it sounds like. And, um, you know, what got you interested in nursing in the first place? And how did you know for sure that was what you wanted to pursue? You know, Charlene, I absolutely love answering this question. um, Because when I share what I'll share with you is, I never wanted to be a nurse. So, uh, and, but then I'll, I'll bookend that statement with, there's nothing else that I would rather do in, in, at this point in time in my life or in the future than be, than be a nurse. So I, I, let me at least try to explain. Um, I, so I grew up in the Philippines um, and I moved and immigrated here when I was 15. But when I was young, um, I, I thought that I wanted to be a priest. And, and being a, going into religious vocation was something that was appealing to me because it was of service to the community. I grew up in a religious family. My parents uh, were devout Catholics. Um, and, you know, we were, we were often present in, in church and church activities while I was growing up. Um, when I was 15, I immigrated here. My parents were, came uh, a little bit earlier. So they left the Philippines when I was around 10 years old. Um, and, and when I immigrated here, um, I, I got a little bit of a different view of life uh, and things change in life. So I, I started to think about what other pathways I wanted to be able to do. Uh, and so when I was starting to research on career opportunities, one of the p- individuals that was key to my decision was my guidance counselor in high school. But what I, what I thought I wanted to do was to be a physician. Um, I, I, at the same time, I had an alternate passion, which was music. So I was, I was able to experience high school here. So I went junior year and a senior year in high school here. And I was actively involved in the Health Occupation Students of America, but also at the same time doing some music stuff. 
So when I graduated high school, I got a full scholarship for vocal performance um, and then a partial scholarship for health professions. And, and I've already shared that I'm a first generation immigrant. So for all intents and purposes, uh, at least in, in my world, my parents were not, were not gonna be able to help me with, my, with financing my education. So I really had to think about what career opportunity was I going to pursue so that I could have a future uh, for my family uh, and for the things that I wanted to be able to do in life. So needless to say, I chose a partial scholarship in health professions. I entered like many others in, in college as a pre-med. Um, I quickly realized that it was going to be really expensive and a long time to get to be a physician. Time I had, resources and money I didn't. So I started exploring. I had a few friends that were in nursing school and my intent in going to nursing school or applying to nursing school was to use it as a stepping stone. Uh, so that I quit as a nurse and then move on and um, and use my earnings as a registered nurse to go and find, finance my medical school. Little did I know that that was a pivotal decision in my career. Um, because I, what, what I'll share to you is that although I didn't want to be a nurse, nursing chose me. And it was in my senior rotation when I was in critical care um, that I was in the ICU, enamored with obviously the advanced therapies. There was CRT or the continuous dialysis machines, patients on multiple pressors or medications to increase their blood pressure or decrease it down. But what really spoke to me was during the time of the end of life and where I saw nurses made an impact and a difference in the patients and the community that they serve. Uh, and what I saw was that nurses were there with patients to provide them with dignity um, and provide comfort to the family as they transition on from, from on, on in, in, into the end of their life. Um, so to me, that was just really instrumental in helping shape what I wanted to do in nursing. And obviously I went into uh, critical care services and the rest was history. That's yeah, that's amazing, Giancarlo. And thank you so much for sharing about your journey and what brought you here today in your current role. I really resonate with a lot of the things that you mentioned for multiple reasons. And it's just so funny because I started off not wanting to be a nurse either. <laughs> and <laughs> and it's just so funny. I do think that nursing chooses you, even if it's, you know, even if you have influences from other things, you know. I feel like um, I really resonate too with your story of how you immigrated to the United States and and then having to um, build your career here in this country. Um, it's just so inspiring to hear. So I really enjoy um, hearing that. And it's also interesting to hear about the, um, you know, how you were going to pursue medicine and become a doctor, because I feel like that's that's um, that's kind of different, right? You don't always hear about nurses who want to pursue medicine and become a doctor. Um, but I really love hearing about how you came into um, actually finding that um, niche within nursing and, and um, realizing how that role really suited you and, and your, um, your career path and what you wanted to accomplish. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. And I'm really interested in hearing too about your current role. And um, as a chief nursing officer, can you give us a quick rundown of what's, you know, what is that like and what do you do in your current role? <laughs> so how do I even distill this? So I'll be brief or I'll try to be brief. 
Um, so I'll, I'll give you the definition that I always share with individuals um, and maybe perhaps, you know, help it, you and I can help expound on what that really means operationally. So the chief nursing officer of the hospital or any other institution is the individual that has the legal, moral, ethical, regulatory responsibility over the professional practice of nursing and patient care, regardless of the individual reporting line or setting. So what that basically means is you, if you are a nurse and perhaps you, in some institutions, uh, surgery is through the operations route and not through the nursing leadership route, it doesn't matter where you hardline into or who you directly report to. At some point in time in the process, eventually your clinical practice and your professional practice always ends up um, in the responsibility and the purview of the chief nursing officer. Now, this is a good thing and a bad thing, um, or it could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing, uh, because if the chief nurse doesn't know and, and understand the their role, um, you could have individuals that are running amok and, and, and doing things that may not be necessarily safe um, for patients or for the nurse's license uh, and just looking at things operationally. What's unique about chief nursing officers is that they straddle two worlds at the same time. They straddle the hat, the hat of a registered nurse always thinking, how does this impact the patient and the license of the professional nurse in the community? But they also have to straddle the hat of the operations executive of how do we provide the best care possible with the lowest amount of costs and lowest number of resources that's needed to make sure that we're providing value care to the patient and to the community. That's great. Thank you so much, Giancarlo, for that insight. And I really like how you put it. Um, there are a lot of hats that chief nursing executives, chief, chief nursing officers wear. And it is it is a balance of those two points, right? It, it really is the balance of having that lens and perspective as a clinician, as a nurse, and then also having that more operational focus and more um, business focus orientation for the hospital or the healthcare system that you're working in. And how do you balance those two? Is there ever times when you kind of feel like those two are at odds or how do you kind of, um, you know, how do you kind of handle that? Many times, <laughs> oftentimes the two hats that you are wearing often conflict with each other and you feel like they're in a, bat, a boxing match. It doesn't mean that you, you're never gonna find a happy place in between, but the, the, the true north or the guiding north of, of the chief nursing officer shouldn't always be patient safety uh, and the professional practice of nursing. So for me, whenever I am in conflict, the hat that I always, that often always wins with me um, is the hat of, profession, of professional nursing practice and patient safety. And my role is now to justify if that requires additional resources in an institution, department, or ministry, is how are we using those resources um, to make sure that we are good stewards of it? Uh, and how do we reallocate? Because resources are finite. Um, mm -hmm. So we, we've all been in environments where what you have is what you have. But nurses are very good at, uh, at looking at things in a different manner, in a different perspective, with a different lens, and perhaps reallocating resources to areas where you may not need as much 
uh, to areas where you really need it the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that, Giancarlo. I think that's a great answer. And um, I think that's a great perspective and really great considerations to make, especially if you are in this um, role with higher leadership and um, executive positions. And, you know, on that note, too, there's a lot of people who might think that transitioning to an executive leadership role is really the next natural step in the career, especially in nursing or in healthcare. Did you did you always think that or was it always a goal of yours to be in, a, in an executive leadership position like this? Or was there really a moment that really solidified your decision to pursue this path? Yeah, so thanks for asking that. So <laughs> I started <laughs> the podcast with contradictions, and I'm going to continue with the theme of contradictions. I didn't want to be a leader. <laughs> um, and, and, I'll, and I'll share why. It's because I, I love being a clinician. One of the things, I, I left the bedside not because I was tired of it, my back was hurting, or I hated, I, I started to hate my job, or I didn't want to be with patients and family members. That is not the reason why I left bedside. I left bedside and I went into a leadership position because I wanted to make an impact uh, in the professional practice of nursing and in patients in our community. So what I mean by that is as a manager, a leader, a chief nurse, your patients then becomes pivots from that one person in that shift at that point in time to if you're a manager to the whole unit, the whole patient population there and everyone that works in that care area and care setting. So for better or for worse, you get to have a positive or a negative impact in the environment that, that you're practicing in. But no, I, I never always wanted to be a leader. I, I started my master's program at the University of San Francisco and my doctoral program as a family nurse practitioner. And oh, I didn't realize you were an FNP too. No, no, I'm not an FNP. I never finished oh. Oh, you didn't. Oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, so and, and so and this is where um, I think a, a key a learning that I, if I could share as, as part of this, as this podcast is what I want to make sure is that you find yourself a, a really great mentor that will put the mirror right in front of you and not always tell you what you want to hear, but the things that you need to hear about yourself and your professional growth. And I'll share with you that that person for me, and I've had many mentors in my life, in my career. So I don't only have one mentor, I have different mentors for different areas. But it, this specific person is Dr. KT Waxman. And some of you may not know her, but she's been really instrumental. She was my DNP chair while, while I was at USF. And also a past president of AONL and a, a past uh, executive treasurer for AONL or AONE. And what she's done is she, throughout my education and career, she asked me, what do you want to do when you grow up? What do you want to do when you grow up? And my answer was always, I wanted to run a clinic because I was in an mm -hmm. FQ. I wanted to do a heart, a heart failure clinic. That was going to be my DNA. Oh, very interesting. Heart failure nurse-led clinic. But she asked me, are you going to see patients? Is that what you want to do? And I said, no, I want to run the clinic. So that, so that conversation just kind of kept going and she keeps telling me, you're in the wrong specialty, you're in the wrong profession. So then I, I did get to my first semester of FNP proper clinicals and I'm like, yeah, it's okay. It's not, taking HNPs is not really something that I foresee myself doing for the rest of my life. 
Um, mm-hmm. there, there's places for individuals that have to that have to do that, and we need nurses in those roles to move the needle and make sure the care is provided with with equity throughout communities. But it, it just wasn't for me. But I wasn't quite ready to get rid of my clinical hat yet. So I had a crisis. And what I did was I stepped out of the program, applied to CRNA school, got accepted to CRNA school. Oh, wow. Yeah. A day, oh a day before, a day before I started the CRNA program at Samuel Marriott, made a call again to KT. Mm-hmm. Asked me the same question. What are you going to do with your degree as a CRNA? Well, you know, see patients, do operating room stuff. And eventually traject, tra- traverse to, you know, maybe management and leadership so that I can, I can make an impact uh, in the system. Again, put the mirror in my face and told me you're in the wrong specialty. So I, I finally, and you know, this is where Dr. Um, Julie, um, Julie Maxworthy also came and also another professor from USF at the same point in time came and really had another conversation with me as well. Uh, about, you know, future and specialties. And that's really when I started to accept, okay, finally, I should probably do healthcare systems leadership. So that's, that's when I ended, I called, called Samuel Marriott and said, I'm sorry, can't, can't do it. Apologize. I know I'm, I'm quitting like early on, uh, like too late in the game. I really apologize. Have to go into this healthcare systems leadership route. So here I am. And that's kind of how, that's kind of how I got to where I was is, is to have mentors that held the mirror right in front of me to really help me ascertain what I wanted to do when I grow up. And, and I continue to have to re-examine that with the current mentors that I have. And it's something that I surely try to pass on to folks that I'm mentoring uh, in the past and in the current. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that, Giancarlo. I love hearing that background um, with how you actually started to pursue your leadership career and the education that you had, because, you know, I really resonate, especially with what you said about the FNP program. Um, You know, a lot of nurses, I feel also think that they need to naturally become a family nurse practitioner, or I think that's been kind of, you know, a lot of people see other nurses becoming an FNP and then they think to themselves, oh, maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, But it's really interesting. yeah, because I myself, you know, I, I finished an FNP program and then I never practiced as an FNP. I yeah. pursued, I also pursued leadership right away. And it was the same thing with, you know, the mirroring, um, you know, talking to someone about my career and then, and then they were asking me, what do you want to do? And I, I said the same thing that you did. I, you know, I want to really help drive leadership and, and make some changes on a broader level. And they were like, you know, maybe you should consider leadership. Um, So it's just, it's really great um, to have those mentors and to think about your career in that way, because it could be, it could also be so powerful to to think about the clinical path when, when in reality, there's other, um, there's other paths that you might want to pursue. So it's, I think that was a really great um, perspective from you. Well, and I I think what I'll add uh, there, Charlene, is, is, as nurses, we're not conditioned to think that leadership is a specialty. Right. Mm-hmm. When you ask people, what's your specialty? People will say critical care, you know, med surge, OR, NP, acute care. But many in our education and in our conditioning, uh, as we grow in, within the profession, 
We don't consider leadership as a specialty, whereas it truly is. It has a special, spe separate skill set, competencies, and knowledge base that you need to have. Because you could be an absolutely amazing clinician, but you could also be the worst leader because you don't have the right skill set and the competencies to function in that role. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely right, John Carlo. Thank you for bringing that up. And and you're right. Leadership is a specialty, and and we we aren't typically conditioned to learn about it that way. And it was just so funny because when I was in my FNP program, the aha moment for me that I wanted to pursue leadership was because we had a class and it was about leadership. It was just like one class in my whole FNP program and it was about leadership and it was about performance improvement. And I just loved everything that was mentioned there. And I was like, oh my gosh, I really love this topic. And yeah. then it was like this, I enjoyed it, like learning about that um, so much more than my experience with the clinicals and you know, with um, doing the H&P, like you said, and, and um, all, all of those other things. So it's, it's just really interesting. And it's about what, you know, finding what speaks to you and, um, and leadership is absolutely a specialty for that for nurses. Um, so thank you for, for bringing that up. And uh, I also wanted to ask, you know, I can't believe it's already close to the end here of our conversation. I feel like there's so much more I could say or ask you, um, just because, you know, your journey is so fascinating and there's so many things that you've done. Uh, what advice um, would you like to share with nurses who are um, in their profession, in their careers? Um, what advice would you give to nurses just in terms of leadership or any other part of their nursing career? I think, I think I'll provide like a broad advice is that, um, and, you, and this is such a cl cliche statement, um, that you often hear it, but sometimes I don't know that we really internalize it. Uh, in that nursing as a profession, at least I believe uh, fundamentally, is a profession of lifelong learning. And, and I, if there's anything else that I, I perhaps I maybe have conveyed is that uh, you always need to be open to the possibilities of what might be in the future. Because if you think that you're set, you know, you know, Finishing your your internship program as a new grad, you're gonna be you're you're gonna be it, and that's it. You don't have to learn anything. Then you're probably gonna be um, harming a patient sometime along the road. Uh, because of nurse, as nurses, we need to continue to adapt, learn, uh, and seek opportunities to grow ourselves professionally. Um, you know, I have gone through. I I, I was fortunate enough to have been able to go through a doctoral program because it was my own professional goal. It wasn't because um, I needed it for something, uh, but for me personally, that was really important for me to do that. And even after that, I am very cognizant and aware that even at this point in time in my career, there's many, there's things that I know, and there may be things that I have a good grasp and good, good handle on, and perhaps some expertise but there's always something that I don't know and I need to be open to learning. Uh, because if you approach nursing in that mindset, the world is your oyster. Every day that I come to work, uh, every day that I do something related to my field and not related to my field, when I approach with that mindset, I learn something and I take some, and I become a better person and I become a, a better nurse. And I think what other, the other advice that I would give to nurses, um, especially those early in their careers is be patient <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and use professional organizations like ACNL, 
um, AONL, ANA, ANAC, to really broaden uh, your sphere of influence and, 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 your, and, and network. It is because through stories that we learn. That's, how, that's why we're doing this podcast. It's not because you're learning through a textbook. Yes, you can learn that way, but experiential learning and learning from other, other stories uh, has a lot more impact in your practice. And the only way that you can get out of that shell and learn to think uh, uh, broadly and wear other lenses is to immerse yourself in other people's worlds. And I think finally, uh, for those uh, perhaps that are wondering, you know, is leadership, um, is leadership worth um, pursuing? And my answer to that is absolutely. One of the most uh, gratifying things in my role is I'm able to affect processes and systems. Now that's for better or for worse, but mm -hmm. you are not one person in leadership. You have to immerse yourself with the people that you're leading, make sure that you're present with them and be, and be listening and looking for issues and concerns that are going on in the front line. Because the worst that you could be is a leader that's detached from reality. And oftentimes we get into a zone of I have a direction that I need to take and I'm just gonna keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. You may be successful short-term uh, in being able to pursue leadership that way, but if you're not in touch with your community, with the people that you're leading, uh, and then what's going on in your environment, eventually the fall, the wheel will fall off and your wagon will derail. Find yourself a mentor that will be there for you, that will hold up the mirror, uh, and if you can't find it in your immediate environment, again, I'm going to go back to use professional organizations like ACNL to find a mentor uh, that you can that can help you through your journey. Yes, thank you so much, Giancarlo. Those were all amazing pearls of wisdom. And I really agree with what you said, um, especially about being open minded. You know, I also thought I would be on a specific path and then, you know, Five years later, I'm in a completely different path than what I thought, but it was because of being open-minded that you you could really see so many other opportunities and you never know um, what's really out there until you open and broaden your perspectives. And even in your current role, um, there's so much opportunity there. And I really agree with what you mentioned about networking. I mean, networking is really the avenue and the platform for how I was able to find so many like-minded nurses, how I was able to find so many mentors too. And um, also within ACNL, I've had many mentors within ACNL and it's a great organization for that. And I just, I absolutely agree. It's a, it's a huge, um, huge benefit for your career, just for your own personal development. So um, thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah, thank you. This was um, amazing advice. And I hope that the people listening to this podcast will really take it to heart and, and think about it because there's, there was a lot of information there. So I really appreciate what you shared and any, any last comments, Giancarlo, before we finish here? No, just thank you for the opportunity to share my journey. Uh, I felt like there was a lot of things that I wanted to say, uh, but I hope I conveyed um, enough of the message. But if, if at any point in time you wanted to connect, I'm available in LinkedIn and, and so is Charlene. I'm, I'm happy to help you out in your journey, answer any questions that you may have uh, and see what I can do to, to um, ease your way. So thank you so much, Charlene. 
And thank you to Ethan for having me. Great. Thank you so much, John Carlo. And you could find John Carlo on LinkedIn. And that's John Carlo Lyle Adrosolo. And you could also check out ACNL, the Association of California Nurse Leaders. And you could also check out AONL, um, the American Organization for Nurse Leaders. And really um, check out your other nursing professional organizations. And uh, to learn more about ACNL, you could visit us at acnl.org. But thank you all so much for joining us.